This is Sports Talk with Phil Cornblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on sportstalksc.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network. Uh, Pat, I can actually hear Phil. I don't know if you came back in the studio, but I could hear Phil in his open. So anyway. Sorry, my apologies. On my end, I'm having some technical issues. I'm, I'm not hearing anything but you. I couldn't hear the opener. I can't hear Phil. So to our well, listeners out there, I'll get this fixed momentarily, but I'll, I can bring Phil back up with you as long as yeah, you can hear him. That's, I can hear Phil just fine. I hope everybody else can from Norfolk, Virginia and points beyond. What's up, Phil? Well, I would think that would be a problem if Pat can't hear us. I'm going to jump back in. Yeah, I think we're going to have to reconnect with him because I'm not seeing anything from his side going out over the air. But you can hear him. So anyways, apologies again to our listeners. But, Chris, yeah, let's take a moment to get this going, and I'll get him reconnected right now. All right, sounds like a plan. Welcome into Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on a really, really busy Wednesday evening. Phil Kornblut, when we get connected with him, he's actually up at Clemson tonight for a big matchup for the Tigers at Little John Coliseum as they have, and it's been so rare to say this about Clemson basketball over the years, but they have a game they should not lose. This is one they've got to win. Now Clemson's to a point. Now they're starting to build some expectations around that basketball program, and you can't drop a game to a team like Louisville, who's just, I, I realize the name, but this is not a typical Louisville basketball team, and this is one Clemson not only should win, they've got to win. And now they've got to start taking care of business as they've gotten into rarefied air in the ACC. So when we get hooked back up with Phil, he can break it down a little bit further. I am actually in Norfolk, Virginia at Old Dominion University getting ready for coastal basketball tomorrow night as the Shauna Clears take on the Monarchs trying to snap a little mini losing streak for coastal here in Sunbelt Conference play after winning their season opener in league play over Louisiana. They've now dropped three in a row, and they continue a season-long four-game road swing. And I'm actually situated where I couldn't actually afford to be if I came to Old Dominion for a basketball game, but I'm in the Constant Club, which is a high-level setup here just beyond the end zone um, upstairs at the arena here, the Sharpway Arena, really nice facility, seats just over 9,000 for basketball. They average about five in here. So that game's tomorrow night, Clemson, and, um, of course, Louisville coming up tonight. If you'd like to be a part of the program, certainly welcome. We'd love to hear from you on the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number at 888-898-2525. Again, 888-898-2525. So I am here in Norfolk, Virginia. Meantime, Pat Daniel back in our Dave & Buster studio where you can eat, drink, play, and obviously catch the big games all season long at Dave & Buster's not just in Greenville, Columbia, and also in Myrtle Beach. So we'll get your phone calls lined up in just a little bit. We'll check back in, get Phil Kornblut on board as well. But obviously, I want to kick off the program tonight talking about what happened last evening up in Lexington, Kentucky. Who saw that coming? I mean, that's just uh, typical of what you often see in athletics, where a team is counted down and out, and they bounce back. And South Carolina's win last night at Kentucky is as good a win as any coach at South Carolina has had aside from the Final Four in quite some time because 
considering you had lost by 40 points to Tennessee just uh, four nights prior, and then to go into a place where no one ever wins, except Kentucky. Big Blue Nation had won 28 consecutive games at home at Rupp Arena, and the Gamecocks lead wire to wire. They open up on a tremendous run, take a double-digit lead in the first half. Kentucky, as you knew they would, they would counter and uh, rally back. They made several cuts into the lead throughout the first half, but the Gamecocks able to keep them at bay thanks in large part to three-point shooting. Michi Johnson, who was just terrific last night for the Gamecocks, and then in the second half, similar scenario. Every time Kentucky made a run, USC had an answer, and I was telling Phil earlier, and we'll bring Phil in from a little John, and, and Phil, with that win last night for the Gamecocks, you watch that ball game. They, had they lost that game in the final seconds to me, now uh, Lamont Paris, their head coach, said afterwards he may not have been as jovial, but he would have been awfully proud of his team's effort, and that was part of the reason they won. They, they out-efforted, if you can use that as a verb, they out-efforted the, the uh, Wildcats last night, but that was a game that South Carolina deserved to win because they were the much better team last night, I thought, for 40 minutes at Kentucky. That's an excellent word to use, and uh, I would say that this was very similar to the scenario coming off the uh, Florida football game where the South Carolina football team played horribly in Gainesville, embarrassed in every way, and then had Tennessee the next week, and the feeling was, well, this is just going to be an absolute beatdown. And, of course, they went and upset Tennessee and played one of their best football games in years. And so the Gamecocks played so poorly against Tennessee at home on Saturday, they were boat raced by the Vols, the worst loss ever in the CLA. And the thinking was, well, they're just going to go to Kentucky and really get spanked because Kentucky had been beaten badly by Alabama, and you knew they were going to want to rebound and play a lot better and kind of take the heat off their coach. And the Gamecocks jumped out to that big lead last night while we were on the air, built that 20-5 to lead, 20-6, to whatever it was, had a big lead early. And they didn't give it up until right at the end when Kentucky closed in, had a chance to take the lead. But the Gamecocks never lost the lead. Mm -hmm. They did lose their composure a little bit. They had a couple of turnovers late. But it was Jacoby Wright who turned out to be the hero. He got that offensive rebound and went back up and got fouled and then had the two free throws and then went down and got a steal. And the Gamecocks could have put the game away, but they ended up – they called timeout ended up fumbling the ball out of bounds on the inbounds. Michi Johnson lost it out of bounds, had to survive two late threes by Kentucky, and they get the win most unexpectedly, and as you've already pointed out, led wire to wire and played excellent basketball. And the fact that they had so many offensive rebounds and second-chance points when they had practically none in the loss to Tennessee, as you pointed out, uh, really shows the effort that they played mm -hmm. with last night. Now, here at Little John tonight, as you touched on, it's the Tigers against, and you're a play-by-play -play guy, so we want to get it right. It's not Louisville. No. It's Louisville. Louisville. That's correct. Louisville. You swallow the O in the U. Louisville. Yes, there is no, there's no ooey in there. It's yeah. Louisville. It's Louisville. <laughs> I wonder why they say Louisville up there. I, I don't know. Same reason the folks out in Louisiana say Lafayette. I mean, they're you know, you, know, you get colloquialisms all over the place, and, and when you get to somebody's hometown, don't mess that up. There are certain things as a play-by-play -play guy you got to make sure you get right. Hometowns and last names. Mom and yes, daddy won't absolutely. be happy if you mess up last names. So you get those done. You're, you're in pretty, you know this. You don't want to mess up anybody's name in the North-South broadcast. You get that right, the rest of it's irrelevant. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. So it's Louisville here tonight, and this is not the Cardinals team that 
ordinarily you expect to see. They are 2-14. and 14. They are 0-5 in the ACC. And then again, on the flip side, Clemson is 13-3, 5-0 in the ACC, looking to get to rare air at 6-0 for Clemson in the ACC. And that would... That would be pretty much a, a first for the Tigers. Their 5-0 mm-hmm. start is their first since 1997. They've also won nine straight ACC regular season games. That's a program record. And the thing you have to like about this Clemson team, Chris, is that they're playing well together. You've got several guys who are playing at their best, at their highest, and it's all kind of coming together, and they're shooting the lights out. You just have to wonder how long can they continue to shoot the ball so well from both the floor and the line and three-point range. If they keep it up, of course, they're going to be hard to beat. No doubt. And and now Clemson gets something they hardly ever deal with, expectations in basketball, because now they're starting to walk around campus as their classmates have returned for Christmas and New Year's break, and now they you know run into people at class and say, hey, you guys are a lot of fun to watch. You know, you're leading the ACC, and they start hearing that kind of stuff. How do they handle expectations now, which is not something uh, many Clemson basketball teams have had to deal with in a long, long time. But I think I'm right in this, field. This is a game they cannot lose. You, mm-hmm. you lose this game, and a lot of the goodwill you've built up through the early portion of ACC play will go away. This is a team Clemson needs to put away early in this ballgame, and it should not come down to the last five minutes of the contest. We'll see how mature this older team that, uh, that Brad Brownell has built and cobbled together. We'll see how they can handle now some expectations as to whether or not this is not just a, a team that can make the NCAA tournament, but how about this? A team that could contend for an ACC championship. Yeah. Go figure. Uh, And this is a great opportunity week for Clemson. You've got this Louisville team that you're supposed to beat. And then you got Duke coming in here on Mm -hmm. Saturday afternoon. And so Clemson is sitting here with a chance to get to 7-0 in ACC play. Duke has got Pitt tonight. We'll talk about the basketball schedule coming up in just a moment. But Duke has got Pitt at home tonight. Pitt, of course, a very good team. Clemson and Pitt played one right down to the wire the other day. So some some exciting times here for uh, Clemson basketball. Uh, let me mention, first of all, our phone number, 888 We'll get to phone calls throughout the night. Clemson doesn't tip till 9, so we're in great shape in terms of, uh, of any kind of noise uh, interference, backgrounding, stuff like that. We're practically, uh, except for the security people and a, and a few others, we're the only people here at Little John Coliseum so far tonight. We kind of like it this way. These 9 o'clock games were the first ones here and were the last ones to leave. What so kind we of crowd open do you the doors think and get we tonight? turn off the lights. Oh, I think they'll have a tremendous crowd. I would hope yeah, so. I think they'll have a very good crowd. I would expect, I don't know if it's, I haven't seen where it's sold out, but I would think that with a walk up and with, um, I think students maybe are, are back or right. are coming back, I would think they'd have a, a really good crowd tonight. I'll be surprised if they don't. No, no, definitely a sellout on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But uh, on our, uh, our, I threw up a, um, uh, a quick reaction poll question on our Twitter last night at Sports Talk SC. Hopefully you've had a chance to, um, to vote in it, to go along with our regular weekly poll question because it moved me last night when the word came out from Spencer Rattler that he is coming back to South Carolina. That came out right after we went off the air, of course. (laughs) And then the Gamecocks went out and beat Kentucky. So the question was, you're a Gamecock fan. Tuesday was a big night for you. Spencer Rattler comes back. The basketball team wins at Rupp for the third time in history. Which moment gave you the most joy? 
You know, Joey's become a big word in the Gamecock lexicon because Shane Beamer likes to tell people to go find some joy, mm-hmm. right? So which moment gave you the most joy? 250 votes. The three uh, answers are Rattler, the win, or equally joyful. 49.2% vote Rattler. 36% say equally joyful. And 14.8% say the win. What do you think? I am so did. I am so disappointed in USC fans. How can both of those events not equally entertain you and give you joy? That should be 100%. You should be as happy that Spencer Rattler is coming back to help out your football team for next year as the Gamecock men's basketball program doing something only two other teams in the school's history have ever done, and that's win it rough and give them a, a starting point maybe moving forward to the remainder of conference play and some confidence for sure. And how they played last night, I, I just, I'm really, really disappointed. That's not a lopsided one from Gamecock fans in the equally joyful side of the coin. Because you can be well, happy only, that Spencer Rattler's coming back and also that you won a basketball game last night. It's only 250 that voted, so sure. it's not like we blew the doors off with it. The other poll question about the Beamer contract, uh, we are standing at uh, almost 700 votes there. And right now, uh, almost 70% of 700 voters say that the contract, the new deal's right on the money for him. About 17% say "Mm, not yet worthy of a raise. Uh, 13.3% say he's overpaid by about $13 million. So if you have a a chance to go to our Twitter and vote on those two poll questions, uh, feel free to do so. Outside of all that and our recruiting report, oh, by the way, Jordan Birch, the former Gamecock, tweeted out today that he is – transferring to the University of Oregon, which makes a little bit of sense because, remember, he was heavily recruited by Georgia when Dan Lanning was at Georgia. Dan Lanning's now the head coach at Oregon. So that's one one piece that makes sense. And then, of course, the other piece is who knows what kind of NIL opportunity, if that is what he was seeking. Not, I don't know one way or another if that was a big factor in his decision. You know, let's face it. Being the cynical people that we are all are today, when a player leaves and goes somewhere else, we all believe it's because of the money that they're chasing the NIL mm-hmm. dollars. And if that's the case, uh, obviously Nike's got the uh, and Oregon's got the Nike background. They got the money out there to make anybody happy from an NIL standpoint. So, not saying that's why he went out there. Maybe he just wanted to visit the West Coast. Maybe he likes Dan Lanning more than he likes uh, Sterling Lucas. Maybe he just wants to change the scenery. Maybe he wanted to get away from Mama. Get away from home. You know, a lot of kids who hit that age, they want a chance to go somewhere else. Who knows what the reason is, but he's obviously going to a, a good program out there at Oregon that's got a chance to make some noise out there. And I think a program, Phil, that's going to probably be ranked inside the top 15, I think, of the preseason. Very high on Oregon coming off this season and going into next year with Dan Lenning starting to uh, develop. And I think Pat sort of uh, said about the same time that Jordan Birch announced he was jumping in the transfer portal to keep an eye on Oregon. So I guess Dan Lenning finally gets his man. He just had to be awfully patient for it. But you do hate it from the standpoint of fans here in our state to see a hometown kid who was performing at his hometown university leave and go finish his career somewhere else. But, you know, that's the modern era of college football in which we live now. Well, the other sad part from that standpoint is they kind of nurtured him. You know, he was not the five-star rated talent when he got to South Carolina that he was rated to be. You know, you expect a five-star guy to come in, make a difference right away. He was not He was not that player. Good player. He was not that player. And so they nurtured him, though, and they brought him along, and he played his best football this past season. 
And so as a coaching staff, you put all that time and effort into it, and uh, you'd obviously like to reap the benefits of that uh, in his last year. So uh, another note from the Gamecocks, no, no, I don't think this is any kind of surprise, but Sherrod Green tweeted out that he is putting his name in the draft. And you might say, well, what option did he have? He was a six-year player, but two of his years were cut short by injury. Combined in two years back-to-back, he only played in four games. So my sense is if he wanted to push the issue for a waiver from the NCAA for a seventh year, which they have done before, he'd be a candidate for that. But obviously, uh, he's, he's at that stage and at that age where he felt like it's time to, to move on for him. So, Sherrod Green is moving on from uh, South Carolina. Let's go to the break. And when we come back, we'll dive into your phone calls. And we'll take calls until 8 o'clock tonight. We will have a little bit of post game for you from both the Gamecocks and from John Calipari, who was uh, not going to say stunned, but... No doubt he's feeling the heat. We talked about him feeling the heat going into that game, that a loss would really turn the heat up, and it has been turned up under him. And now they got to go to Knoxville on Saturday, and you know Tennessee's waiting on this one. We'll get to your phone calls after the break. Major Billy Downer here from the Department of Natural Resources, and DNR is excited to announce the implementation of Go Outdoors SC, a new online licensing and boat titling system that you can access right from your phone. Through this new system, customers can purchase their hunting and fishing licenses, renew their boats, apply for lottery hunt opportunities, and complete electronic harvest reporting requirements. For more information, visit Go Outdoors SC at your local app store. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games set from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Think big, life-changing. I'm talking education, inventive, next-level education. Wake up. For 20 years, education has received billions in funding. Where, you ask? (laughs) Right here, across our state, in your own backyard. Who has done this? Well, if you've ever played the lottery, that would be you. Thank you. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Let's have some fun taking your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Lottery phone number here on Sports Talk since 2002. More than $160 million in lottery proceeds have been used to fund SC Hope Scholarships for the state's college-bound students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash educationwins. Playing for fun is a win for education. We, uh, well... I can't think of a better way to start the program by heading down to the Holy City. In fact, we'll be in the Holy City uh, tomorrow for the Maurice Drayton 
in uh, uh, not interview, but the uh, announce. Well, not the announcement, but the presentation of the new Citadel football coach. The introduction of a new Citadel football coach tomorrow, and then uh, we'll be over at uh, one of Chuck Reedy's places, uh, Comeback Shack, over at Mount Pleasant, doing sports talk tomorrow night. But before then, we welcome in from the city of Charleston the de facto mayor of the city of Charleston. The bad boy by the bay, the ninja of the night, the pontiff of the port city, the queen, heavy on the queen, of the cowboy crybabies, and the man who every three months swims out to Fort Sumter. He collects unexploded cannonballs and returns them to the Citadel for future use against enemies from across the ocean. Not Jim Rome. Jim Rome is rich and living in Los Angeles. It's J-Rome. What's up, Jerome? Hey, hey, and Jim Rome's picking fights with quarterbacks, something you don't yes, do, he right, So I don't pick <laughs> fights with quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks who could pummel me. Yeah. Hey, by the way, Georgia having a 25-year-old quarterback, give me a break, man. 25 years old, 25, a quarterback in college, he's a college student, come on. That's like penalty kicks in soccer, man. I'm saying they play for like 90 minutes. Okay, let's do some penalty kicks. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> that is hey, so haven't fixed, you, man. Haven't you ever heard of graduate studies? I mean, there are people who spend half their lives in college getting their education. You need to elongate that word, graduate studies, because you're there so long. <laughs> you're there a long time. Twenty-five. Ugh. Hey, by the way, who's going to be yep. Louisville's new basketball coach? Because the guy they got now, he ain't getting it done. And I don't see them bringing him back next year. I just don't see it. Maybe he's got a smaller bout than, uh, than Kyle Perry, huh? Because I was listening to him talk about Kyle Perry today. They don't know what the hell they're going to do with him. Whoa. Yeah. Is that a train yeah. wreck or what? Hey, by the way, They Clemson, got big problems. They got big problems in the state of Kentucky with that. Western Kentucky might be their best team in that state. Kenny Payne is um, the coach. You know, he played at Louisville. NF, he was an NBA guy. Uh, and you're right, it's not gotten off to a good start, 2-14, and 0-5. Oh but now isn't – and, Chris, maybe you can add or, Pat, aren't they now starting to feel the impact of some NCAA penalties uh, going back to – whatever it was that they were doing. Maybe they're short on some scholarships or something like that. Are they feeling the impact of that? Trying to remember because this would have been, what, still – gosh, I'm trying to remember now. David Padgett, who was an assistant under Patino when Patino was there. I mean, you know, they they ran through Chris Mack, and now they're on to another coach. And, gosh, they thought they may have had it corrected bringing in a former player, but – I mean, they're an absolute mess. So that may have something to do with it, Phil. I'd have to go back and, and figure out exactly how long those NCAA violations and sanctions lasted. But uh, that, that would explain some of what's going on. But still, you would think Louisville is able to just stand outside their gymnasium and get enough players to be able to contend yeah. uh, of what we expect from them. I got All right, Jerome, go ahead. And and go, yeah, go one ahead and get it off your mind about the Cowboys. Shane, go ahead. Go ahead. Shane Beamer's contract extension. Too much, too soon. No, hey, I'll tell you this about the Cowboys. They can go to the first, they can lose in the first round against Tampa Bay, or they could go all the way to the Super Bowl. At this point, nobody knows. 
because they're so doggone inconsistent, they don't even know themselves, okay? All right? When, so, what is that? when someone reveals to you who I believe them, I don't know what to believe. Because they're so up and down, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who to root against more in that game. They're playing Tampa Bay, right? I mean, like, yeah. I hate them both. I don't know which one to root yeah. against more. Jerome, always a pleasure. I'll see All you right. in Charleston tomorrow. Uh, we'll come over for dinner, and we'll be back after this break. Welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network here on a big Wednesday night. Basketball-wise here in South Carolina, Clemson and Louisville meeting up here at Little John Coliseum where we are tonight. And Pat Daniel is back at our Dave & Buster's studios in Columbia. Remember, Dave & Buster's, great place to go tonight to catch the Clemson game on one of their many large televisions or if you just want to have some dinner or you want to go in the arcade and play around a little bit you can do all that eat drink play catch the big games all season long Dave and Buster's in Greenville Columbia and Myrtle Beach Chris Bergen is with us from Old Dominion University up in Norfolk basketball tomorrow night between Coastal and ODU set that up for us Chris what kind of arena what kind of setting will they have for basketball tomorrow night it's the Chartway Arena. I'm not sure what Chartway is up this way. My, my guess is either a bank or a medical center because that seems to be who, who buys naming rights anymore. But uh, it's a lovely facility. Uh, seats just over 9,000 for basketball. They're averaging about five, so they're, they're getting about half full here. Their team is about like Coastal, still sort of scuffling a bit in the Sun Belt. They're two and two, but coming off a, a big win at Georgia Southern. Uh, last Saturday, handing the Eagles their first conference loss, and, and Coastal's dropped three in a row. So. Two teams that don't score it a lot, both averaging just under 70 points a game, but both play pretty good defense. So it, it appears, at least on paper, to be a pretty interesting and fairly even matchup and one that from a coastal perspective they desperately need because uh, we leave here on Friday, fly to Atlanta and play Georgia State on Saturday afternoon, and that has never been an, an easy trip for Coastal. So uh, they, they need to try and uh, piece together a couple of wins here on this road trip after being swept last weekend at Appalachian State and Marshall. All right, and what about the Louisville NCAA sanctions, you dug up some more information on that? Yeah, I don't know why we forgot this stuff. Of course, it was all in the, the Adidas scandal that had Merle Code and so many yeah. people involved, Brian Bowen, of course, uh, and Patino and Tom Juritz, the athletics director of Louisville. And an article I found back in 2020, they, they were still suffering through the, uh, the NCAA sanctions. That, stint. that went all the way back to 2015. And, of course, there were some salacious things that, that were involved in there. I mean, just an entire mess. They had to vacate 123 victories in the 2013 NCAA championship. They hammered Louisville. The NCAA did pretty hard. And so that may be part of the reason Kenny Payne's struggling a little bit, Phil. But still, you know, in this era of you being able to bring players in left and right out of the transfer portal, maybe no one wants to touch Louisville right now. But uh, I don't know how long Kenny Payne can, can stand going 2-14. As, as upset as the Kentucky people are right now with John Calipari, Imagine being on the other side and having to deal with what U of L is dealing with right now. Of course, some of that may have been self-inflicted with the NCAA violations. Yeah. Now you got to give him more than one year. I mean, he's I, one I of your agree. own, and you got to yeah. give him more than one year, especially in that kind of situation. Looking at some of the comments on our stream, 
Charger Ron asks why the Clemson game isn't televised tonight. It is televised. It's on the ACC Regional Network, which I – what's that, Bally Sports now? Bally Sports, yeah. Used to be Fox Sports South and Southeast and all that. Now it's Bally Sports. So it's not on the ACC Network. It's on the Regional Network, Bally Sports. So if you can get that, you can get that. And um, – Eddie replies, yeah, he can't understand either why it's not on. But it is. It's on the regional network. So look for Bally Sports on your, uh, on your cable system there, and you'll, you'll be able to watch that. Let's get back to your phone calls. Phone number, 888-898-2525. Phone calls across the board tonight. Enjoyed talking to Jerome earlier. Let's go to Jimmy over in Simpsonville here in the upstate. Jimmy, welcome into Sports Talk. How are you? Oh, good. How about y'all? Terrific. Good to have you with us. All right. So I want to uh, talk mainly about the football program at South Carolina and all these transfer portal guys, but I want to say that was a big win for the basketball program last night. They're kind of like the football team. Uh, They get the crap beat out of them in uh, one game and then come back and beat a, a good team in the next game. So I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> so uh, getting to the football t- team, uh, you would think these all these players that are transferring out would want to build on what Shane's got going on in Columbia and Shane's world. So what's going on in Shane's world with all these guys transferring out? I mean, Spencer stayed and you stayed, but the rest of the guys seem to be wanting to go someplace else. Uh, y'all hear anything about – why these guys are transferring out other than more money? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you could get inside the head of these guys, you'd have a better idea. And I'm not dismissing your, your point or your question. It is to, to those of us on the outside, whether it's South Carolina or Clemson, there's, there's guys who, as soon as the game was over Monday night from TCU and from Georgia, a few guys jumping in the transfer portal, John, from those situations – you know, it could be any number of things. It could be, you know, playing opportunity. It could be NIL money. It could be change of scenery, just wanting to go somewhere else. Um, it could be somebody in their head telling them, you know, you deserve more. You can get more somewhere else. you got a chance to really make a name for yourself somewhere else. Um, maybe they don't like their coach. Or not everything is as beautiful as – it appears to be with some players. Not everybody can be happy in a family of 85 scholarship players and walk-ons, 120 in a family that large. You're going to have some unhappy people, no matter how you try to spin it. So, you know, there's a variety of reasons why somebody wants out. To those of us looking on the outside in, where a team like South Carolina had, for them, a really good year and they have a bright future. You know, it's like Corey Rutker. Now, Corey Rutker. You know, he announced a while back he was transferring out, and there was a report this afternoon that he was transferring back to Arkansas State. Uh, then, yeah. on his Instagram, on his Instagram, however, he had video of himself that was posted this afternoon. Of uh, the location was listed as Central Florida, University of Central Florida. And now, look, I'm not great at interpreting what these Instagram videos and all that actually mean without somebody writing on their page, this is what I'm doing, you know. Was, and was that video from today? Now, they, you know, the, the, 
the official visit period for transfers ended on Sunday. So I don't know if that was from over the weekend or maybe he just went on his own or whatever the case may be. I don't know what it meant. I don't know that he's come out himself and said where he's transferring. The point is, if you're him and you just transferred to South Carolina, you didn't play because of injury, but your quarterback's coming back and Wells is coming back and you got a chance to be, you know, part of something, why do you leave without ever having right. played? You know? So I can't answer that. Only the kid can answer that. And maybe there's just something he didn't like. Maybe they didn't like him. Maybe they suggested he leaves. Who knows? Yeah, and you wouldn't think that Spencer and Juice would stay with all these other players leaving, uh, not leaving a whole lot in the cupboard. Well, I don't think the cupboard is bare by any means. Um, I mean, yeah, you hate to see Marshawn Lord leave. Yeah, Yeah. but, you know, you got players coming in, you know, and – you know, the door opens uh, as you leave, and it's still open for people to come in. They're, they're replenishing, and they kind of feel like they got players who are coming in and, and players who are uh, still on the, on the roster who can help them next year and, and keep it going. I mean, only time will tell. We'll get a good feel. They're going to have to be good offensively from the get-go, Chris, because they're going to be playing Drake May in North Carolina in Charlotte, <laughs> and you, you already know that the Tar Heels are going to put probably – 30 points or more on the board. So South Carolina's offense is going to have to be ready from the beginning to play at a very high level. And why shouldn't they when you have Rattler coming back? Well, and you would hope you carry some of the momentum over from, even though they may have struggled a little bit offensively in the bowl game, they got helped out by special teams and the defense to put up as many points as they did against Notre Dame. But you would hope they'd carry some of the momentum from the Tennessee game and from the Clemson game into next season. The question is, from what they learned during the bowl game and now handing off to a new offensive coordinator, how much does that change from what we saw under Marcus Satterfield through the bowl game and now into next year is going to be a, a big telling story and a selling point, I think, for USC football next year, Phil. And, and as you pointed out, uh, they, they can't ease into the season because they're going to face a very, very good offense. And back to uh, Corey Rucker for a moment. I just saw a tweet that came out from one of the sources out at Arkansas State that followed them and says he's actually mm-hmm. enrolled at Arkansas State. So I, that, that boggles my mind further. It's the same scenario with Austin Stogner, who went back to Oklahoma. These kids that leave your program, I, I don't see why coaches allow them to come back. They didn't want to be a part of your program. They wanted to go play and have another opportunity somewhere else. You know, and now they come back and obviously are welcomed back in with open arms. It's just kind of yeah. funny to me that the coaches would bring them back after they transferred out. Well, you don't want to cut off your nose to spite your face, you know? And um, if, you, if you're a coach and you need a good receiver, and he was a good receiver, yes, he and was. he wants to come back, you know, why not? Why not take him back? All it's going to do is help you, help you get more wins. And uh, he caught a lot of passes in his last year there at Arkansas State. So that sounds like he's already back in school there at Arkansas State. Okay, I haven't seen anything from him himself, have we, where he's uh, announced he went back to uh, – Arkansas State? Has he himself no, announced from, it? Yeah, this is from a, a Twitter page called A State Nation, and they're, of course, the number one resource for Red Wolves Athletics. And they said he's back. Uh, former Arkansas State wide receiver Corey Rucker, who left last year for South Carolina, is enrolled at A State. So take that for what it's worth. Okay. Yeah, well, if you're South Carolina, I mean, all you're losing there is anticipation and potential. He never he never played, really, for the Gamecocks. So, you know, what he – what he would have done, what he, what he takes with him statistically really doesn't matter because he didn't. He's not taking any anything right. statistically uh, from the Gamecocks. So, 
Uh, all right, uh, phone number 888-898-2525 is the number. And I'm seeing here another story. Um, Elliot Fry, former Gamecock kicker, does he have another team? Is he signing with the Arizona Cardinals, it looks like? Of course, Parker White, former Gamecock picker, uh, p- uh, kicker, signed with uh, Green Bay. Now Elliot Fry is going to get another shot. He's practically been on every roster in the NFL, <laughs> so it seems. <laughs> Now he's going to get a shot at Arizona. That's funny about the NFL, you know. They sign players. They don't have a head coach, you know, or a coaching staff, but they'll go ahead and sign players for the next year. Uh, we continue. They don't even have calls, a GM right eight. now. <laughs> Sorry That's to jump right. in, but, yeah, their GM resigned yesterday yeah. too. Triple eight eight nine eight two five two five. We continue with your calls. It is um, Gamecock Larry in Swansea. Join us tonight. Here on Sports Talk, believe it or not, Gamecock Larry is with us here on Sports Talk. What's going on, uh, GL? Hope you're doing well. I am. I told you why Marshall Lord transferred. You didn't believe me. I told you that I knew Brooks was going to Oregon and he would be getting a million dollars. I, I think you did you, say that. I think you did yes, say sir. that, yeah. I, yeah. Yes, sir. One million dollars mm-hmm. for four and a half sacks. I don't blame the young man. If I could get a million dollars to go cross country, I'd grab it in a minute. Had to take my wheelchair at all cooking. I ain't got no other way. But uh, let me see now. I told you Spencer Allen and Juice is coming back, and I can tell you why. Lord, I told you why Lord transferred. He got a promise. When he went home on Thanksgiving, he got a promise from Maryland. They had a spot for him. Big Tree decommitted the next day. Well, then after Big Tree decommitted, Maryland let Lord, they didn't think they had a spot for him. So there was a young man hanging out. Well, Beamer talked to Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal, or whatever you call it. I don't. I guess it's just Southern Cal. And he talked to Lincoln Riley and got Lincoln Riley to take the boy Shawnee over. I don't blame the young men, but uh, what we got is all we need. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm so far I'm right on it. Rucker uh, is at Arkansas State. He's back. I, I got I got my Gamecock Research Committee on all this. They got me covered. And when I tell you something, take it to the bank. Because I, I don't think I'm ever wrong, hardly, sometime, right? Most of the time, I, no. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you're batting about 600, 650. That's pretty good. I got something else to say. I got something in the mail today, and it got all kind of buttons on it and all that, and I plugged it up, and I pushed the button, and a siren went off. Scared the old man. Scared the old man. But, but I... I enjoy. I, I enjoy it. I got it sitting right here at my bedside table by my bed. 
as quick as I get through talking and you cut me off, I can still hear what you're saying because I got my radio right in by my bed and it plays good. Thanks a lot. You keep it locked on to 100.7 right there in Columbia. That's where it's going to stay. That's where it's going to stay. I listen to 107. I listen to 100.7 a day when you're talking about all this kind of. I didn't understand what he was talking about. Debit cards and finance fellows and do this and do that. I didn't know what he was talking about. Old man Mm -hmm. can't think. Old man can't think like he used to. But I, can well, I think you think pretty I good. I, I, I think, I I think you're thinking lot, pretty sure, good. I sure have a lot of fun listening to you all. Go Gamecocks. Love all y'all. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Gamecock Larry. I'm glad the radio finally got to him, too. That took a little while. And now he can kick back, relax, and listen to um, our affiliate in Columbia, The Point, 100.7, and also listen to us, of course, in the evening. By the way, I want to give a shout-out on my way up here. Always tune over to our affiliate here in the Greenville, Clemson, Anderson area, 104.9 FM, Fox Sports Upstate. They are terrific. Enjoyed listening to Richard Weaver, John Ellis. They do the afternoon leading into us. Those guys were talking NFL playoffs. They know their NFL playoff stuff. And uh, they were talking a lot about the Cowboys, too, and um, what the Cowboys might do. Uh, I think they play Monday night and yes. uh, kind of breaking down the issues there with the Cowboys. But anyway, shout out to those guys. They do a great job. Enjoyed listening on the way up. We're going to hit the break and come back with more. We will continue with your phone calls. You can reach out to us. And the phone number is 888-898-2525. That is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to get into us here on Sports Talk. We're at Little John. We're back at our Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia, and we are over in Norfolk tonight. And we will continue after this break. Don't go away. Join the Trailblaze Challenge, the endurance hike program where big hearts come together for big steps to create hope for local wish families through Make-A-Wish South Carolina. This spring, take part in a new journey on the Palmetto Trail. From sunrise on the highest peak in South Carolina to the coastal marshes of the Lowcountry, hikers of all levels can support critically ill children, enjoy and explore the outdoors, and build South Carolina pride and community through an all-inclusive hike experience. Visit sctrailblazechallenge.org to learn how to get started. That's sctrailblazechallenge.org. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, health care, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. All right, phone number 888-898-2525 is how you can reach us here on Sports Talk. Don't forget we carry over into a second hour and phone calls continue into hour number two. So if you've been trying to get through, not able to, you wonder about hour number two, yes, we roll into hour number two. We take your phone calls throughout the second hour that we will hear tonight 
from the Gamecocks, their postgame after their win last night up at Lexington. Only the third time the Gamecocks have won at Rupp Arena. And, of course, any win over Kentucky in basketball, that's to be cherished by a program like South Carolina. You don't take that for granted. We'll also have a little bit from John Calipari as he talks about his situation, his team situation. Yeah, they were down a couple of players. Had a player get banged up last night. Had to come out. Another player they were without. But still, it's it's Kentucky. When they go to the bench, they're still bringing in a player who could probably start at most other places around the country. So their talent level doesn't drop off a whole lot. But the Gamecocks just uh, played extremely well last night. They got major contributions in a lot of different ways from a lot of different people with Michi Johnson scoring 26 points, grabbing six rebounds, dishing out six assists. That's a complete effort right there. The Gamecocks uh, had a plus-minus of 10 when Johnson was on the court. Uh, G.G. Jackson bounced back from his tough effort against Tennessee with a much better performance, 16 points before he uh, fouled out. Uh, No, I'm sorry, he did not foul out. He drew five fouls, Uh, 16 points. Uh, He had three rebounds and an assist, and he hit a couple of threes out there. So that had to be a confidence-building performance for him. And Hayden Brown had 11 points and uh, five rebounds and assists and just a good uh, floor game. Uh, you got to cite Josh Gray and what he did inside. Um, You know, this is a guy, and this is where it shows, guys, in a losing effort against Tennessee, Josh Gray was, and and Rich Taylor pointed this out when he called in the other night, Josh Gray was the one guy giving effort and going after rebounds. Even though the game was lost, uh, he was out there working hard. He was rewarded with a start last night, and in 24 minutes he gave him four points. He picked up three rebounds, one on the offensive side, had an assist. Um, he he took up space in the middle. I mean, he gave them what what he could give them. You know, he's not an he's not an overly talented guy. I mean, this was a guy that was for some reason he was had one of those high ratings coming out of high school. But he's he's not that. But he's a he's a post player who can give you some size and size, grab a rebound, uh, hit an inside shot for you. Uh, so, you know, Zachary Davis gave him seven minutes off the bench. He had a couple of points. So, it, it was just a good team win all the way around for the Gamecocks. They shot the ball well from the beginning. They finished up shooting 48% for the night. They were 11 of 20 from three, six of seven from the line. And there had to be a great deal of satisfaction on that trip back to Columbia with what they accomplished last night. Absolutely. And Chris did have to leave us, by the way. He he went on with mm. the team. Just a uh, but not only did Josh Gray contribute from a, an effort standpoint, but also just he made Shibway, Oscar Shibway, the star player for Kentucky, work extremely hard for everything he got all night. He was able to wear him down throughout the night. And, and Shibway, although he still put up decent numbers, he wasn't quite the force that he, he usually is. He had 19 points, 12 rebounds. A lot of that came late. And Gray did a tremendous job just, just hounding him all night long and just – being a pest essentially to him, and that was great. And I think that seemed to motivate some of the other players from a from a defensive standpoint. And that was something that was severely lacking in the Tennessee game. And if we were going to be a little critical of the Gamecocks after that Tennessee game, especially from a an effort standpoint, major props to Lamont Paris. Whatever he did in practice between Saturday and last night, he the message was received by the players. A young talented player like Gigi Jackson reminder again he should be a senior in high school right now 
it seems normal human nature to have nights where you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get down on yourself, especially somebody of that caliber. And we heard the report supposedly after the game where he wasn't with the team for the national, I mean, not the national anthem, for the um, alma mater and so forth. Mm -hmm. But props to him. Lamont Paris got Gigi Jackson ready to go last night, was able to put that game Saturday in the rearview mirror and get a heck of a lot more effort out of him last night. And it seemed like that could have been the type of thing that could have snowballed with a young player and continued to be in the back of his mind moving forward. But instead, it was like that game, I don't want to say never happened, but it was like that was a year ago and not three or four days ago. And so just major, major props to Gigi Jackson, to Josh Gray, and to Lamont Paris for getting that team together in such a short span between Saturday and last night. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure there were some things said after that loss to Tennessee. Not, not just that they were embarrassed at home, but it was just the way they played, you know? No effort, no pushback. I'm sure there were some things said that would peel paint off a wall, and they should have been said. Um, and they responded, you know, and they responded. That's the key. How do you respond in those situations? And obviously they were responded positively. Okay, we'll hit the break here, top of the hour. We'll be back. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You know, we really haven't talked a great deal yet about the announcement last night of Spencer Rattler returning to South Carolina for 2023. He put that out right about the time we went off the air last night, like 8 o'clock. By the time I got home, of course, it was out there everywhere. And, I mean, for South Carolina, that is just humongous, ginormous news. I mean, you don't have to spend the offseason worrying about who your quarterback's going to be. Do you know how big that is? That is you, that's immeasurable. And, look, whatever it was that led him to return to South Carolina, was it a low NFL grade, possibly? Was it a bunch of money from an NIL deal or deals that was put together? Possibly. Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You've got, coming back, one of the primo quarterbacks in the country who really showed it down the stretch of the season. And when he's right, when the offense is right, they can be very, very dangerous. They're going to have to be, like I pointed out, they're going to have to be to beat North Carolina. North Carolina is going to have a new offensive coordinator as well. I don't think they've hired. Have they hired the replacement for Phil Longo yet? I don't, I don't remember. I don't think they have. But whoever it happens to be, I mean, he's going to be inheriting a, a tremendous uh, group of offensive talent at North Carolina, led by their quarterback and others. I mean, they got good receivers, obviously, good running backs. Their defense is where they need to spend their offseason improving, and I'm sure they're trying to uh, address that as best as they can. But this should be a heck of a game when these two get together in Charlotte. And when I uh, get home tomorrow, I'm leaving for Charlotte so I can beat the traffic and find a parking spot and be there 
uh, for that kickoff in September. I mean, seriously, you better do that if you want to be there for kickoff based on my past experiences there in Charlotte. Phil, real quick. Pat, this is um, – I was just going to say this is this – is, this news for South Carolina is just, uh, you know, you could – of all the recruits that they could bring in in this class, I mean, this is – this overshadows everything else they've done in recruiting. Absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It is just that is one less very significant weight off of the shoulders of Shane Beamer and staff and a new incoming offensive coordinator. One less thing for him to have to think about. And now he's able to immediately – Let's face it, if Rattler had, had departed, do we know for sure who would have been the starter? Would it have been Luke Doty's? I would think it would be his job to lose, but if not him, you do have uh, 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 what? I'm drawing a blank here. Brandon, Well, help me out. You have you three different – you have Tanner, Braden, you have Bra- Braden. You would have had Braden Davis. You would have had Tanner Bailey. You would have had uh, Luke Doty. You would have had uh, Gauthier. Right. Um, those would be the, the primary ones that would be left in the quarterback room to contend, uh, not to mention, you know, if Rattler had left, maybe they would have tried to go and find somebody out of the portal, John, a veteran quarterback to come in. Now they don't have to do that. And now, right. as a result of this, of course, because he was hanging out there, but Dante Reno, who uh, is a, a fine-looking quarterback in his own right, uh, now he doesn't have to uh, press it and he doesn't have to – consider coming in for this class he can go play another year at his school and come in in the 24 class and be a year older a year more prepared and ready to come in and compete in 24 this works out in so many positive ways for south carolina exactly and, the and point, that's a good sign for the program moving forward right and the the point i was getting to and i appreciate you helping me there with the names um is Dow Loggins now comes in and he is able to immediately sit down with spencer rattler and i know they already probably have been doing this but they can go ahead and start cultivating a plan moving forward go ahead and get that going as opposed to if Dow Loggins was having to have these conversations with three four five different quarterbacks because you didn't know who was going to be the starter yes he'll still have those conversations with the other guys as well but now he and Spencer can really get a plan going and it gives them a huge step forward moving into next season and Phil you mentioned before we move on uh, whether UNC had hired a oh now I lost it here they have hired a new coordinator it is the mm-hmm. chip Lindsay. uh he is the new offensive coordinator he was hired in mid-december um just a day or two after phil longo left actually it was very very quick almost seemed like they had a plan in place a succession plan in place he spent one season at central florida last year where his offense averaged 480 and a half yards per game ranking number 11 in the country actually four spots ahead of north carolina but the passing offense was average at best with only 244 yards per game, which was less than North Carolina, but they had one of the top rushing offenses in the country. Now, how much of that is him or how much of that was Gus Malzahn? Remember the mad scientist that Malzahn is. He, of course, is the head coach at Central Florida. So how much of that was him actually being the offensive guru as opposed to Chip Lindsey? Yet to be determined, but that will be the signal caller for the Tar Heels come September. And breaking news, breaking news, as they like to put on the Internet, it's breaking. I guess this is breaking news because he, he just tweeted it out about three minutes ago, four minutes ago. Joseph Ngata is leaving Clemson for the NFL draft. Had a feeling about that because he had accepted, uh, at least on uh, Twitter, he had accepted an invite to play in the NFLPA All-Star game, which is for players who are going to be 
available for the draft. So now it's official. The Tigers lose in Gata, who um, started playing a little bit better down the stretch of the season and is a veteran receiver that now they'll have to replace him. So you look at the Clemson receiving core for next year as it's going to line up. And, I mean, Antonio Williams is certainly going to be the guy you look at who's going to have a chance to shine and be the leader of that wide receiver room after what he showed as a as a rookie this past season. Adam Randall coming off his knee, did some good things. He'll be even better next year. Uh, Cole Turner is emerging. Brandon Spector returns. A healthy Will Taylor, a healthy Troy Stilato. Um And then you got the guys that are coming in in the uh, recruiting class. I would not expect anything out of the portal for Clemson because they're they're just not looking that way. I say guys, yeah, they've got four coming in in the uh, in the recruiting class: Noble Johnson, Ronan Hannafin, Myson Kelly, and uh, Tyler Brown. So it's um that's the group that Clemson will have at wide receiver. It's ex- except for I mean, it's really a, as a group. Uh, it's it's sort of it, it's sort of devoid of the big time nationally regarded marquee receiver that Clemson used to get, you know? Even when you look at the group they're bringing in in this class, you know, maybe Hannafin. Hannafin had a lot of big-time offers. Um, Maybe he falls into that category. But, you know, by and large, not to say the guys can't emerge and become, you know, really good players at Clemson. I think that um, they're not recruiting nationally at the level at wide receiver that they did there for many, many years when you go back and look at the guys that they brought in at wide receiver. So we'll see what happens with this group. I mean, Kelly was not a heavily recruited guy. Brown was not a heavily recruited guy. Hannafin was pretty heavily recruited. Uh, Johnson was pretty heavily recruited out of Texas. Um, So we'll see what happens with the group. Is there a bit of a drop-off in that area for Clemson? They may have to count on Williams and Randall and, uh, and get some of these other guys more heavily involved in the receiving game to help uh, pick up for some of these guys that will not be back next season. All right, let's go to uh, the phones once again. 888-898-2525 is the phone number. We go to Andy in Columbia. Next up with us here on Sports Talk. Welcome in, Andy. How are you? Hey, there, Mr. Corn, Pat. It's a pleasure to follow Gamecock, Larry. And I noticed the other night when he gave me a compliment, you cut him right off. So, you know, I, I did notice well, that. Yeah, he, 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 gave you, he gave you a compliment and I cut him off? Yep. Yep. He said it was a pleasure well, to follow well, me and you for, cut him right off. Yeah, that, I see how you That's are. a compliment? Now, let me tell you one thing, Mr. Corn. If you wanted Rattler to know if he was staying, if you get off that fat wallet, and maybe have given him some NIL money. Maybe he would have came on your show and made his announcement. Well, first of all, we don't pay for interviews. Well, you know, you should because I got a good interview for you for next year for football season. You pay some money. Who was that? Rattler and Juice Wells, and you have Rattling the Well once a week and let them talk about the prior game. I don't pay for interviews. Sorry. It well, doesn't work that way your, for us. You get one of your sponsors to pay for it, Corn. That's how it works. If you have no. them on your show, 
um, that, that's, for that's, that that's not how it works in the real journalism world. When you pay for interviews, you don't get true interviews, okay? And we're not fanboy radio here. We're not paying for the players to play at South Carolina or paying for the players to play at Clemson. It doesn't work that way with us. Well, you're not paying for them to play. You're paying for them to give their um, to give their um, viewpoints of their game and how they played and why it came out that way. That's why, what why, why, shouldn't they, why shouldn't they come on this show for free? Why do I have to pay them? Why shouldn't the university provide them to us for the media, for the – for the state to hear on well, free over-the-air radio, why it. shouldn't they be provided, huh? I knew you wouldn't do that because you, you haven't even paid for my lunch yet, so I'm sure you wouldn't pay for it. I told you, I told you, I, I paid for somebody else's lunch yeah, in your Dr. state. Rick, you, that, that was his birthday. My, my for, debt to you, my my debt to you has been paid through your hero. Okay, you live mm-hmm. you live vicariously through him anyway, so it's the same thing. I'll have to call Dr. Rick and tell him he needs to thank me for his for, for his um, meal. But you know the Corey Rucker thing. I don't I don't know where I, I read this corn, but I heard he wasn't possibly not going to be playing football anymore. That he might be going back to Arkansas State, maybe just for school and not for football. Hmm. Have okay. you heard anything like that? I you know what I'm I've given up on that story. I mean, I saw <laughs> the early tweets about him going back to Arkansas State, then. I saw somebody say, somebody retweeted that, well, you need to look at his Instagram. So I went and looked at his Instagram, and and I saw his video of him at UCF. I don't know when the video, it was posted three hours. uh, Well, when I looked at it, it had been up for three hours, but I don't know when it was actually shot and what it meant. Uh, Maybe he was teasing or whatever, but, um, you know, and then I've seen other reports verifying that he is, back at Arkansas State. So you know what? I'm done. I don't care. Yeah. Arkansas State, play football, sit at home and eat Lay's potato chips. Whatever you want to do is fine with me. Um, you know, the thing you said about Josh Gray last night, I was gonna that was something I was gonna mention. Without Josh Gray last night, that South Carolina team doesn't win. He he was fantastic. He might not be that yeah. big in the stat column, but his presence there was was a key factor. And you know what else? Michi Johnson, there's not a three-pointer that man doesn't like. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you what, he'll shoot it up from the other side of half court. He, he thinks he's wide open, he'll go for it, and he was hitting them last night. You know, But the biggest three-pointer was the one the Samson kid made. I don't know if you remember that one that he made in the corner towards uh, when the when, uh, uh, shot clock was going down. But he hit one there, too. That was probably one of the bigger shots that they made. But very well, impressive. I was um, listening that, to... Let me let me say this. On the way home, I was listening to the Kentucky broadcasts on XM, and they were. It was like, how many sh- uh, uh, shot clock three pointers are they gonna knock down? I mean, they were like like South Carolina's making all these three pointers at the shot clock buzzer, and you're right, they they did that throughout the night. One thing that uh, Lamont Paris said about Michi Johnson early, he had the green light, or he has the green light from anywhere on the court to shoot the three. So. He recognized that, and he's not doing anything to stop him. Yeah, I don't know if it was four or five, but that's how many um, clock beaters, that three-pointers they made when the clock was down to uh, one or zero, when the ball left yeah. their hand. Yeah, So, I mean, that, that – It was their night. Pretty, they went, out and, they went yeah. out and played extremely well. Now, what they've got to do, of course, is 
follow Build on that against Texas A&M. Yeah. Build on that at home against Texas A&M. The, fan, the, the students are back. You should have a good crowd for a Saturday night game. Fans should now be more energized about the team, excited about it. You got to go build on a win over Kentucky because those are rare, and here's an opportunity to do something back-to-back here and, and get some momentum going. Two quick other things. Um, when they took the timeout when Carolina was ahead by 15 in the first half, a lot of booing coming from the um, Kentucky audience and Kentucky fan base. A lot of booing mm-hmm. in the second half coming from that Kentucky fan base. Cal Perry is, I think, one foot out the door and half the other going with it. Um, the gentleman who called and said something about the 11 people who transferred out and maybe we should ask why they've transferred out, how many transfer-ins do we have from the portal? Corn, um, somewhere around 10, close to that. Maybe we should ask those kids uh, why, they their school and why they decided South Carolina was a better fit for. I mean, it's the yeah, same thing. I mean, listen, like I said, there's, there's stories for every one of these guys, but right now as exactly. far as transfers in for South Carolina, if you include – well, you're just talking about portal transfers. So you got uh, right. you got Mario Anderson Jr. would be one. Uh, Nick Gargiulio would be two. You've got Sidney Fugar would be three. You've got um, you've got Nick Elksness would be four. Trey Knox would be five. You've got uh, Joshua Simon would be six. And if Trajan Jeffcoat goes ahead and announces for South Carolina or shows up there and gets on the list, he'd be seven. And then you got a junior college transfer. So you'd have a total of eight transfers. Right now we've got the Gamecocks with 29 newcomers in this class, seven of which would be transfers. Got one more too, Corn. I just didn't want to jump in. I wanted to see if you could get all that off the top of your head. Jerron Willis, I hope I'm saying his name right, from Ole Miss as well, the edge rusher. You're right, you're right, you're right. I skipped him. Jerron Willis should be on here as well. That's another one, yeah. They've got to be hunting for a running back now, too. I mean, there's got to – they have to be because we really don't have a running back, I don't think, to fill the void because I don't think Juju McDowell is your every every bit out and back. Well, you got Braswell coming in, and you got the transfer Mario Anderson, Jr., from Newberry. They had a running back in from the portal, the transfer from Utah. Apparently, they're not moving on him, so whatever reason, they didn't make a move on him. He looked to me, based on his career at Utah, to be a pretty good running back. So something there didn't click one way or the other, I guess, if there's somebody else they like. or Look, you, you can't sign 50 players. you got to keep in mind you can only have 85 on scholarship. So they got, and, and you know they're, they're saving a spot for some others. They're saving a spot. If they get Nick Harbor, they're saving a spot for him for February. They're saving a spot perhaps for um, uh, the Easter kid, Shamar Easter, who's down to them in Arkansas. That'd be another. So you got to watch that overall 85 count. Okay, one last thing. I know I keep saying this. I don't know if you realize, Dre Bly got fired today. So North Carolina is starting to work on their defensive uh, capabilities. Wow, and, uh, they fired one of their yeah. own, huh? Yep, they sure did. Interesting. They sure did. Okay, sir. Yep. Thank you. Y'all Thank you very much. Day. Appreciate the phone enjoy, call. Enjoy your oh, by the way, up. hey, you know the 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 jet the Jets fired their offensive coordinator today too. So there's that. Yeah. Let's uh, yeah. Let's go Jets. And if his brother doesn't get it going next year for the Packers, he'll be out the door right behind him. Hey. It's it's showtime next, next year for both. Uh, be dumb and dumber. 
<laughs> okay. It's showtime next year for Matt LaFleur. I mean, he's done some great things, but it's been a steady decline uh, since he got there. I mean, yeah, they've made the playoffs every year, except for this year, um, but it's been a from the, the high water mark of playing for the uh, NFC Championship to losing earlier and earlier in the playoffs to not making the playoffs. Andy, thank you very much. We appreciate the phone call. Uh, thank you, Pat. Great catch on Jerron Willis. I had not added him to my list, so thank you for that. Uh, let's go to the break. We'll come back and take more of your phone calls. We're live at Little John tonight leading up to the Clemson-Louisville. Louisville. Louisville basketball game. And uh, some of the Tigers are out uh, taking some shots, warming up. I always enjoyed warm-up. It was the only time I could break a sweat because it's hard to break a sweat when you're sitting on the bench. So I always enjoyed the pregame warm-ups back in my uh, high school days. Hit the break here on Sports Talk. We'll be back in a moment. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Score a touchdown with Founders Federal Credit Union. With services like Founders Online and the Founders app, you'll enjoy all the perks of a big bank with local personalized service. Not a member? Joining Founders Federal Credit Union is easy. Visit relaxjoinfounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership. Relax with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. All right, let's continue with your calls here as we approach the bottom of the hour. we got recruiting coming up and some postgame comments from that USC win last night at Kentucky. Uh, stay tuned for that. So we're going to go next to um, Bull. Oh. oh, yeah, okay, fine. I knew this was coming sooner or later. Bulldog Burt, Bulldog Burt in Saluda. BB, congratulations. Another natty for you. Where are you putting this trophy uh, I guess you're starting to fill up the old trophy case there in Saluda, but congratulations, you did a great job. Bulldog? Bulldog Burt? Yes. Do we have Bulldog Burt? There you go, there you go. That well, was my congratulations bad, on another natty. That's okay. Congratulations <laughs> on another natty there, Bulldog. 
How about back-to-back natties? I was going to say, yeah, back-to-back. It's pretty cool. Where are you putting this trophy? Uh, I don't know. We're having to build a new trophy cabinet. We're hoping to go three in a row. No, come on now. Let's don't get greedy. <laughs> I mean, your run's about over, isn't it? Your run's about done. Well, we look, it's time you know, you was talking about – you was talking about the transfer portal and who's, who's signing and uh, committing to this. We're looking at the walk-ons. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean you're looking at the walk-ons? That's the new portal at Georgia, the walk-on portal. Yeah. Explain. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, oh, oh! You mean like for your quarterback? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, whatever. You know what? <laughs> Really? You're not going to – it's like Clemson and Hunter Renfro. Those are one in a million. You're not going to find another quarterback through the walk-on uh, avenue mm. to, to come in and do what he did. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's, it's phenomenal, Phil. It's just like, wow, is this for real? If it, ain't, if it ain't, don't wake me up from my dream. I know. I mean, all those years I've heard Georgia fans – yeah. whine and complain from Vince Dooley all the way through the d- different coaches. And you did have that one national championship in 80. But, uh, you know, Kirby Smart, he's taking advantage yeah. of this era of college football and the way things are done. And, I mean, what's to complain about? He, he, he can't do anything wrong. That's right. Nick Saban looks so good in his new role. Which is? Commentator. <laughs> Then <laughs> <laughs> he looked good sitting next to that Georgia helmet. I bet he broke out um, and had to go take a bath after the program. So. I'm sure inside he was steaming, and <laughs> he's, he's he's thinking of ways to to uh, to catch up yeah. with George. What are you going to do? I mean, listen, what are you going to do at quarterback next year? Is Carson Beck going to be the guy? I don't know. That's to be seen. I, I'm not going to make any predictions and I'm trusting Kirby Smart all the way. <laughs> yeah. Bulldog, yeah. great hearing from you. Congratulations. Enjoy it while you got it. It's fleeting as you know and uh, you better hold on to it while you can. We'll hit the break and we'll be right back. We are back. Sports Talk. We're here at Little John, Clemson, and Louisville. A little bit after 9 o'clock. need to correct myself here or add to what I was saying about the Clemson receiving group. I failed to mention Bo Collins. For some reason, I had taken him off my roster, off my two deep. Uh, Bo Collins is another one. Of course, he was hurt a good bit, and he missed the bowl game. I think he missed the ACC championship game as well. He's not transferred as far as I know, so he's still there. So that's a good one. That's uh, one you can count on. Collins, Randall, Williams, Turner. I know Sweeney's very high on Turner. If Taylor gets a chance, Specter can do some good things. Now they should be fine at wide receiver. They should be fine. And with the incoming guys, they should be fine with what they have. Their tight ends, Brenning Stool, Ennis, and Sapp, plus the ones they have coming in. They should be fine at that position. How good is the quarterback going to be? 
I mean, Klubnik, there's a lot of pressure on him to be great. Not just good, great. Can he be great? Is he generational? Is he one of those types? Too soon to say. When you think about it, now the three FBS programs in our state, South Carolina, Clemson, Coastal, are all returning their starting quarterbacks because Klubnik was Clemson's starting quarterback at the end. So technically, they're all returning. How would you rank them? How would you rank? Might be my poll question next week. How would you rank the three returning starting quarterbacks for FBS programs? I think that's an intriguing question. I mean, McCall's got the awesome numbers. He hasn't done it at the high FBS level like Rattler has. And then Klubnik's brand new, you know, but he's got apparently a world of talent. And we'll talk about that. That's something to kick around. In the meantime, a little bit from the Gamecocks from last night and then some recruiting. The Gamecocks going up to Kentucky, taking care of business. A great start, and they protected their lead. They fought off the runs. At the very end, in the last minute, they fought themselves, and they managed to pull out the win against Kentucky. Uh, Lamont Paris, Michi Johnson, Hayden Brown met with the media after the ball game last night, beginning with comments from Lamont Paris. Sometimes in this whole process, buried way beneath all the hard work and sweat and yelling at and all that stuff, we talk to our guys all the time that there's fun in disguise buried somewhere in there. And it showed its head today, that's for sure. I don't think it was in disguise. Uh, but uh, a lot of credit to, to their guys coming off. Both teams are coming off of a, of a tough loss. And so both teams, I knew and expected to get everything that they had um, in their best effort, and they did. They, they clawed and scrapped. We, got, we were hot early. We ran some good offense and made some shots, a couple from way out on the moon even. And so, uh, but they came back, which, which we knew they would. The crowd got into it. I couldn't call plays anymore. It's, 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 it's deafening. And so, but uh, credit to their guys for competing. And uh, the way that they did and playing really hard and credit for our guys for doing the same. It was just, uh, it's fun to have a front row seat for, for, uh, for all that stuff. I thought it was a great college basketball game with just two, two teams that really in, in, inside felt like they really had to have the win. And uh, it looked like that as we played. If you got questions, uh, please raise your hand. We'll get a... Uh, Miji, can you even put into words your performance tonight you know what was there just a certain groove that you were feeling as the three ball started to drop just just what was it tonight first I just want to give all glory to God man because I mean obviously it's been a long summer and like I said I put in a lot of work to be in this position but uh I just want to do anything I honestly could to help my team win um and my coach right here got a lot of confidence in me my teammates got a lot of confidence in me and it was just one of those nights man hopefully I can have a lot of more nights like this but Honestly, coming out with the win was was all that really mattered to me during this whole game, coming off a loss like we did. And um, they were 9-0 here, so we just wanted to make something happen. My team came out victorious, and we did that. I want to ask Hayden, I don't know if you remember this, but in uh, Birmingham at SEC Media Days, I asked you what road venue you were most looking forward to playing at, and you mentioned Rupp Arena. For a guy who's had a, a non-traditional run, you know, you came up through the, the Citadel, what does it mean to be able to cap your career by going into a legendary place like this and coming away with a win tonight? Yeah, 
Yeah, I appreciate you pointing that out because I was thinking about that uh, today on multiple occasions. Um, man, it means a lot. Um, I, I kind of just spent some time reflecting on my own career, even just today. Um, I, I'm counting down the days, really, um, till, till this whole thing's over. I've been doing it for the last six years. Um, and so each and every opportunity is an opportunity um, to do what I feel like I've been doing, uh, you know, successfully for the past five years, um, and to do it on the biggest stage, uh, Rupp Arena, historic place. Uh, I've been able to do it at Cameron Indoor. I've been able to go across the country, um, so it means a lot for me personally. Yes, take that away from it. I love seeing each and every one of the people, men specifically, in that locker room smile. Um, that's what I came to South Carolina for. However, I could help and assist that to happen in his first year and his first year here and a lot of people's first year here, um, that's what I came here for. And I, and, and I knew, it, man, it, no basketball season is ever gonna look pretty. Um, I think Michi and, and I both said last uh, game that it didn't define our season. Um, and so we were coming off a loss that obviously wasn't pretty, um, but we had the internal character uh, to, to look each other in the eyes and be like, okay, yeah. No, nah, it's not going to define us. We have an opportunity here. So that's a long-winded answer for me personally. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, but I think uh, for, for us collectively as a group, man, it, it means the absolute world. Well, Mike, like you said you built that lead. You built that lead, but they were able to come back at you several times and get close. How were you able to hold them off, you think? Um, we made some timely shots here and there. I think that was critical when they made runs. I think at one point they had made five baskets in a row. And then another time they had four trips in a row that they had scored. Um, the difference in that is monumental between five in a row, gap, four in a row, versus nine straight. So um, I, think, I think generating some good offense was a big part of what, what slowed down the run. But we also were, were very deliberate about getting back into the stuff that we wanted to do and, and what our game plan was and attacking when we had a chance to attack and spacing the floor out uh, and, and, and the matchups that we wanted to try to get involved with. So I think a lot of it was a couple timely shots and a, and a stop here and there when we needed to. We knew they would make a run. They've got a really good team. They don't, they don't do the things that they've done by accident, that's for sure. Um, and so I think the biggest part of it, though, was we, we got back into doing what we wanted to do. We ha they, they got a couple steals. They started turning up the pressure. We turned over in the backcourt for a layup. It looked like it might go a certain way. And so I couldn't be prouder of these guys at that moment having never been. These guys have never been here. They've never been in this building playing. They've never been in that situation. Never. And so to, to not let that thing continue to slide in the wrong direction and reel it back in and make a play when we needed to, uh, I thought that was a big reason why we were able to, to just keep just enough distance. Michi, you were firing some pretty long shots out there. Do you, do you have a specific range and does your coach let you shoot from just past midcourt? <clears throat> um, <laughs> coming off last game, I don't know if you watched Tennessee, um, I had some similar shots that I felt went in and out. and. Um, Shoot, honestly, coach, every every day he always tell me, like, dude, your percentages would be so much better if you just get a little closer. And I'm going to be honest, like, I don't know how. Sometimes I just see rim and I just shoot and, you know, it goes in, you know, and today it was going in. So, um, nah, I'm, I'm actually working on that, trying to get a little closer. But um, it's a gift. I say it's a gift that I can shoot that. And um, obviously I, you know, want to keep hitting and help the team win. So, yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, Coach, where did you feel confident that you guys could attack Kentucky when you were scouting them, and how do you think that played out? Um, yeah, the ball screens. I wanted to try to get into ball screens, and just, uh, you know, it, it appeared in the last game that there was some, you know, maybe a little indecision on what they wanted to do in the ball screens. Um, that's outsider looking in, of course. Uh, so I wanted to get into some ball screens. Probably We probably ran more than what we normally do. But I also wanted to have them move. I wanted to have Sheboy have to move and make decisions and uh, if they were going to switch this or if they were going to go under this or what they were going to do. So um, I thought the ball screens and attacking the rim was a big part of what we wanted to do. They have such tremendous length and athleticism that when we did, uh, uh, you know, on our board before we went out in the game was be aggressive. We have to be aggressive, but then you have to be intelligent when you get around the basket. And, you know, can I challenge this guy at the rim? Do I have an angle? Am I the first jumper or the second jumper? Uh, or because these athletes come in there and they, they crowd the paint, are there going to be some guys open that we could find? So those were a couple of the things. One was getting into the ball screen and attacking, and then we wanted to spray it out. If we did get around the basket and couldn't finish ourselves, we wanted to try to find some other guys that had, you know, 10 toes pointing towards the rim. I thought early especially we found some of those. Oh, here's we may have lost corn from up at Little John, but that was Lamont Paris and Michi Johnson and Hayden Brown from, from the USC Gamecocks after their big victory up at Rupp Arena last night in Kentucky, only the third time in program history. Huge win no matter when the Gamecocks are able to beat a team like Kentucky, or anytime anybody beats a team like Kentucky in Rupp Arena, but especially after that game Saturday. And again, just big kudos to the staff, Lamont Paris, for being able to get the guys to not kind of downward slide after that embarrassing home loss Saturday to Tennessee and just be able to rebound the way they did. Uh, we're going to hit a quick break here with Sports Talk while I try to get reconnected with Corn, And after that, we'll come back. I know he still has recruiting to do. We do have a little bit of audio from John Calipari up in Kentucky. Uh, I think he talks a little bit about the fan who was thrown out of Rupp Arena for holding up a sign saying to please go to Texas. And then some other news notes from around the state. And uh, so we will be back on Sports Talk here in just a minute. Stick with us. Hi, I'm Jim Corbett. I've been an attorney for more than 30 years. There's one thing I've learned about injury cases. It's you need the personal touch. You need the lawyer to get to know you and describe your damages. You don't want a case manager talking to an insurance company and then talking to you and then talking to maybe to a lawyer with limited experience at the last minute to try to settle a case. I talk to you. I find out what your case is about. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com. Jim at JimCorbettAttorney.com for your injury cases. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Okay, we're back. Sorry about that. Line dropped unexpectedly. Great job, Pat, jumping in there. Assist to Pat. 
super job. We're back at Little John. Some Calipari in just a moment. A couple of questions coming in to us on our stream. And uh, Eddie says, uh, no, Norman asks, have you heard anything about Jeffcoat possibly heading to Columbia? Trajan Jeffcoat, yes. Missouri defensive end, that's what we're expecting. Expecting him to end up at South Carolina. Frank says uh, they have an easy schedule. They have an easy schedule. I guess he's talking about, uh, I guess he's referring to, I guess, South Carolina for next year. They have an easy schedule. Um, I don't know. Uh, They still have to play their normal guys from the east. And um, I think that, uh, you know, their schedule will be, as it always is, it'll be taxing from from top to bottom. And they're going to have to play high-level football against that schedule to have a chance to win. Now, next year, you're talking about nine or ten regular season games and uh, and then going on and winning a bowl game. Phil, I believe he, he made comments. that uh, Sorry, real quick. I believe he made that comment yeah. during when Bull, Bulldog Burt was on with us, and he was referring to Georgia's non-conference schedule of UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, and Georgia Tech. So their chance oh, for, a okay. repeat, for a three-peat. I got you. I got you. Okay, thanks for clarifying that. Uh, we got recruiting in a moment, but here's a couple of minutes. John Calipari, after the loss to South Carolina last night, obviously the the grill, the gas heat has been turned up under his uh, backside. It's been turning up here recently, really turned up hot now. National media getting on him and things like that. You know the, the big Blue Nation fans are getting on him as well. Here's a little bit of what he said about that loss last night. We lost the game in the first half. Um, I just was, uh, you know, in the second half, we hold them to 29. We do some good things offensively. We look better. But, you know, and and in the end, um, a loose ball we don't get. We we do a great job of guarding them, and a guy runs in and gets a tip. We didn't block him out. Those are winning plays. Those are the difference between winning and losing and making some free throws. But um, it just... You know, this is a long season. It's a marathon. Am I happy? No, I'm not happy. Um, I hate losing. Um, you know, we we were undermanned, but it doesn't matter. You're still playing to win. And um, the first half, I was just like, you know, come on. And I'm look this this team. I've got to be a little bit of everything with this team. First of all. I got to build them up, but I still got to hold them accountable. And you're looking at guys like going nuts on people right now is not the answer. It's just not the answer. Now, can I be tougher on them in practice and all that? Yeah, I can. But, you know, again, there were things today that I look at and I just say, you know, we're better than that. And now for me, it's this is a marathon. I still think this team could be good. Um, got to have a full roster, and then we got to go. I thought offensively we did some good stuff today. Um, but defensively, you know, again, you have six turnovers in a game, and you, and you lose the game. I've not heard that before, but again, you know, um, they out-rebound us. 
So, questions? Hmm. Yeah, question, Coach. Why did we lose? Why, why, why? By the way, for those of you who are watching our stream, I'm giving you a look down at the action on the floor here at Little John as the two teams are warming up. And with that as the background, let's give you the recruiting report tonight. It is brought to you by, of course, our good friends at Seawells. We remind you about the uh, daily luncheon buffet on Thursday. Should be a big day out there tomorrow with some great grub for you. Make sure you get out 11 to 2. Only 13 bucks for the best buffet around. Um, if I were in town tomorrow, I might uh, would grab it. Maybe I'll get out there Friday. Hopefully it's a roast beef Friday. Pat, give me a, an update on that in a moment. And, of course, for the very best in the catering business, it is Seawells. They are busy as they can be with so much going on, but they will make time for you. 803-771-7385, SeawellsCateringSC.com. And, yeah, Phil, it will be a Roast Beef Friday, RBF, with the carved roasted sirloin of beef along with southern fried chicken and fried flounder. And for those interested, tomorrow, Thursday, will be carved black oak ham along with southern fried chicken and lasagna. Outstanding. I can't think of a better way to get into the meat of recruiting here on Sports Talk than talk about the meats at Seawells. Defensive end King Joseph Edwards, 6'5", 242. You know, his mother told me the story about his name. He was named Joseph, but they called him King. That was his nickname, but his name is Joseph. But when he went to pre-K, they required that he be able to write his name, and he refused to write Joseph. He wanted to write King, but he had to write his legal name. And so... He didn't, as the mother said, didn't want to write Joseph. And I guess they compromised and came up with King Joseph. So I don't know if they legally changed it, but that's what he goes by, King Joseph Edwards. But King is like a nickname. Joseph was his uh, birth name. Anyway, 6'5", 242 defensive end out of Hodgson, Georgia. He's a top prospect. South Carolina's in position to make a run at him. He's uh, tied in also. But he talks uh, with Jimmy Lindsay at USC about playing defensive end, and same with Shane Beamer. He says been talking to them a lot, and uh, they want to get him in for a visit. Uh, he missed part of this past season with a labrum injury. Should be fine for the upcoming season. He was able to make it to USC for the Texas A&M game. Impressed with what he saw there, the energy, the connection with the players and the coaches between them. Uh, he also visited Clemson for a game last season. He's had some contact. He's not been offered. He really doesn't consider the Tigers a factor. He uh, put out a top 10, a 15 list recently. USC, Alabama, Georgia, NC State, Southern Cal, Ohio State, Florida State, Oregon, Cincinnati, Texas, Texas A&M, Michigan, Michigan State, Pitt, and Oklahoma. He also made visits last year to Ohio State, Tennessee, Georgia, Michigan State, Oklahoma, and Florida. He plans to return to USC at some point. He's going to go to Georgia this weekend, Texas on the 21st, and Auburn on the 28th. He's looking at August for a commitment. Dylan offensive tackle Josiah Thompson yesterday named the top six, USC, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, Miami, and Alabama. He's going to Tennessee this Saturday. USC the next and Clemson the next. He told us last week he was strongly favoring USC. 2024 corner B.J. Brown of Chesapeake, Virginia, plans to visit Clemson January 28th for the Junior Day. 
He said the Tigers and Virginia Tech are strongest with him at this point. Cornerback Emilio Agard of Philadelphia will visit Penn State January 21st, Clemson on the 28th. Clemson and USC target defensive tackle Heaven Brown Schuler plans to attend the Georgia Junior Day Saturday. Receiver Mazio Bennett of Greenville has set a visit to Florida State for the 28th. He was also offered by UCF today. Clemson offered receiver T.J. Moore, 6'3", 190, of Tampa. And today, Clemson offered receiver Bray Staley of Aiken. He'll visit Georgia Tech Saturday, Wake Forest on the 21st, Virginia Tech on the 23rd. He's also talking to USC receivers coach Justin Stepp. Clemson USC target receiver Ryan Wingo of St. Louis will visit Tennessee, Texas A&M, and Colorado this month. Chapin native quarterback Jaden Bradford, IMG Academy, offered by UAB. West Florence receiver Bryson Graves committed to Coastal. Michigan transfer receiver Andrell Anthony Jr., who was offered by USC, committed to Oklahoma. Catching you up on some movement of Clemson and USC transfers. USC defensive end Gilbert Edmond of Florida State. Safety R.J. Roderick, Liberty. Defensive end Jordan Birch, Oregon. Receiver Corey Rucker back to Arkansas State. Clemson, defensive tackle Edenosa Rubin to Georgia Tech. USC offered linebacker Peyton Pierce, 6'2", 240, of Lucas, Texas. And that is recruiting for tonight here on Sports Talk. Let's update some other basketball as we prepare to leave you from here at Little John. A reminder, join us on Twitter throughout the game for our, uh, our comments and yours. Ours will be smart, and yours will be typically snooty, especially if Clemson is losing, or if you're a Gamecock fan and they're winning, uh, yours will be snooty. But ours will be uh, journalistically sound. Uh, other and, and then post-game, of course, post-game coverage on our website, sportstalksc.com. Miami up on Boston College, 43-28 at the half. Uh, Pittsburgh at the half leading Duke. How about this? In Cameron, 43-32. I can already hear the cries. Bring back K. Alabama on top of Arkansas, 28-25 late in the half. Syracuse leading Virginia Tech at the half, 43-37. Georgia on top of Mississippi State, second half, 29-28. Furman clobbering Mercer at the half, 55-32. Presbyterian leading Gardner-Webb at the half, 35-30. Upstate over Campbell, 39-33 at the half. Winthrop Radford tied at 31 at the half. Charleston Southern big over a high point, 52-32 at the half. East Tennessee State leads the Citadel, 42-28, going into the second half. And the College of Charleston at half, leading Wilmington in a big one there in the CAA, 42-31 is that score. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, Thank you all for being with us. Pat, thank you for a great job. Thanks to Chris Bergen for being with us. Have a great night, everybody, and we'll see you from Charleston tomorrow night here on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network.